So there you go. I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do prayers and we don't do Buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we do step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us, and we do it all right here live from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people that uh, our audio streams live on our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. We stream live video of the show on Facebook Live, uh, on a bunch of Facebook uh, uh, group pages. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, which puts it out as a podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. And we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. I suggest that you uh, recommend that you subscribe to our podcasts uh, on whatever platform uh, and that you subscribe to our our YouTube channel as well. And that way you can catch a lot of the videos we do, not just the show videos, but uh, other videos that we do as well. All right, I'm the uh, show's host and producer, and I'm joined here in studio by Jake Proud, who's managing our audio and our video. Um, well, let me get into it. We'll start, like, as we have been lately, uh, with with some numbers. Uh, they, of course, they're never good, but I... I try to not just offer some of the numbers that I can pick up, anybody can off of, off of uh, the internet, but also try to put some perspective to them. Uh, over 800,000 cases in the United States. Uh, there is just about um, 26,000 new cases today. The death total is over 45,000. Uh, and today was actually the um, a record breaker. Today was the highest uh, single death um single amount of deaths for one day uh 2800 uh 2804 uh, i know they're they've they've adjusted some numbers looking back but looking at the at the graphs and the charts and everything this is actually the 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 uh, the highest uh single day for uh for for uh loss of lives due to the coronavirus so those numbers aren't good and you know and while the um the the new case uh, new cases for the day is is a number that's kind of down at at about twenty six thousand. Um, it's been as high as thirty three thousand, I think, for a single day. The 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 death count still pretty still very high. Now at forty five thousand uh, um, now uh, that have perished because of this, that means next week at this time, uh, the number will have reached to sixty thousand. That that Fauci and Burks have um, had lowered the expectation for the total number of deaths by this virus. I, I'm still baffled that when they put out a an estimate between 100 and 200 thousand people that they expected to to die from this, why just last week or a week and a half ago they decided, okay, we're gonna we're not just gonna go with the low number, the 100 thousand. We're gonna lower it yet. By when I do the show next week on Tuesday. Um, I'm pretty certain, based on the amount of deaths per day, uh, that this will that this will be over over sixty thousand, maybe even be closer to the to the uh, the sixty five thousand mark um, by this time next week. So uh, you know, again, a hundred thousand, and 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 I gotta always say this, and most of these numbers, it used to be all the numbers, but most of these numbers are still based on people who were tested and then perished. 
Now, they have started adding in um, some of the, the deaths that were obviously caused by this and, uh, and, and is written on their death certificate as cause of death or one of the contributing causes of death. Um, so they add that to not only the death count but also the case count. And that's why if you, if you watch this stuff as I do during the day, you see the numbers change during the day because they, they have different blocks of numbers that they get. Um, Navajo Territory, which is, at this point, there are, has more cases than eight states in the United States. There, the Navajo have more cases at 1,321 than eight of the United States. I mean, that's absurd. And as a percentage of their population, only New York and New Jersey have a higher um, infection rate than uh, the Navajo Territory. And again, I, I got to always put this back here. This is all based on the on the limited amount of testing that's been done. To, today, in the United States, 1.3% of the population has been tested. So all of these numbers are still being drawn from a very small percentage of the, of the population. But uh, again, Navajo Territory, 1,321 uh, cases and 45 deaths. And and again, I these numbers update at different times. So if uh, if somebody says, well, I heard the number is higher than that, well, it, it may be, but these are the numbers that are posted on World of Meter and, and some of the sites that I that I look at. Um, it's it's pretty disturbing. And and again, as I as I hear people talk about things like you know reaching a, a plateau, I, I said it last last show. When you're measuring floodwaters and you reach the crest and you're at the crest, you don't start making plans for moving back until the the floodwaters recede. Right now, maybe, the, I mean, the U.S. may be at the crest of this, of this wave, of, of this flood, but it certainly hasn't receded. It's, the, 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 if, the, if you want to consider the, the curve to have been flattened, it certainly hasn't gone down now. And with all of these nut jobs who went out in, in the past several days, you know, protesting against their their lockdown, their their claiming that they need to be liberated. And yes, Donald Trump was advocating liberate Texas, liberate Virginia, liberate Michigan. He he was doing all of this stuff on Twitter. Um, so all these all these guys who decided that they they need to go out and and stand up for their personal liberties at the risk of everybody else's health. Um, they may ultimately cause a spike, and we won't even know that. We won't even know for a few days. So whatever took place between, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yesterday, it won't be till you know for a few days till uh, till we learn whether that social gathering, um, in any way, shape, or form, uh, will will have caused a spike. But I don't, I don't know. There, you, there you have it. I don't know. We'll we'll see how that plays out. You know, again, my, my recommendation first and foremost is to make sure that the uh, the elderly are as isolated as possible, and and I don't mean just in nursing homes or in uh, senior living facilities in general, um, but even in your home. If if you have somebody who's elderly in your home, yeah, you know, and and again, I'm 60. I know that's that's supposed to be in the in the risk zone, but I'm saying if you're older than me and you have an underlying condition. Uh, and look, if, if you have, if you have family in that circumstance, you should do everything you can to make sure that that there isn't traffic. You know, don't go to a protest to protest, open up New York State, and then go bring lunch home to to grandma. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, folks. Um, I'm not sure if the the idea of slowing the spread um, 
ultimately is going to have the desired effect that people hope it does. But I will say if there, if there is a population you want to isolate and try to keep from getting infected, even if you believe all the herd immunity stuff, which, which I don't necessarily, but um, you shouldn't be including. I, mean, I saw some of these people at these protests saying, you know, sacrifice the weak. I saw this woman carrying a sign saying, sacrifice the weak. You know, I, I mean, what is going through the heads of these these people? And which is going to bring me to what I'm going to talk about uh, through most of the show today. I'm going to talk about the heinous acts that are associated with religion, Christianity in particular. Now, whether you're a Christian or not, you can decide what you believe in. But there's no question that there are certain activities that have been done in the name of that religion. Now, you, what people have to figure out is, is the religion the foundation of all of the uh, of these crimes or is your belief in this altruistic um you know religious order are you the one that's being duped you know and so we're going to talk about i'm going to go through a little bit of history but and it brings it current because you look a lot of these people who are out there protesting they are the evangelical right and and these and some of those are the ones carrying signs say you know sacrifice the weak for the for the good of the of of the economy. I mean, that's literally what some of these people are saying. I mean, it, it's it's bizarre. So, I'm, I'm going to get into that. But you know, I did want to again do some of the numbers. Um, like I said, and if I if I'm wrong, I'm gonna I'm gonna look. I'll make a big deal of it next Tuesday. So next week when I come in here, and we got shows between then, but next week when I come in here, if we haven't seen sixty thousand. Uh, the the number that that Trump's doctors now their experts have predicted was going to be the total loss of life, and and I'm saying we're not even close to the end of the game on this thing. But if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll admit that I'm wrong, and I'll you know I'll question you know I'll, I'll give the numbers as they're coming to me. Uh, I do question some of the numbers right now. I think they're probably well over sixty thousand already. Frankly, um, probably close to a hundred thousand already. Uh, because again, the the overwhelming majority of this forty five thousand they have listed as dead are come only from the list of those people who have been tested. One point three percent of the population, not quite one point three percent of the population. So the numbers are really, really difficult. You know, on that note, I will say uh, this coming Thursday on my New York show. I've got a friend of mine that's uh, that's joining me. Uh, you know, uh, some of you may recall I had Ben Carnes on my show. Um, ironically, we were, we were talking about religion. We were talking about the the fact that the Choctaw were had de- declared that they were a Christian nation, and so Ben came on to talk about that. Well, Ben is a is a friend of mine. Had been a friend of mine for a long time, and he lost his battle with cancer back in in January, and his surviving wife, uh, Kat, has been. You know, obviously she's been going through her own process, you know, of, of grief and that kind of thing. But she's a nurse, and she decided to take on, you know, one of these um, uh, jobs where, where you, you're, as a traveling nurse, you go to into a crisis zone. So she's in New York. Um, her and her, one of her friends from from home uh, went to New York to be, uh, you know, one of these crisis nurses, as they call them. And so she's going to join me on my show in New York, and we're going to talk about. Well, well, we'll probably talk a little bit about Ben, her process of grieving, and how she decided that the best way for her to um, to kind of re you know repurpose her life at this point um, 
after living with somebody struggling with cancer for for as long as she had um has taken her to new york and she's going to give us some insight of that so that's that's cat carnes that'll be joining me uh on my show in new york that's wbai that's thursdays from uh, three to five um and then the following week i'm gonna have bob henley who is who is a, a investigative journalist writes for uh, a number of papers in the new york city and new jersey area and um and does does radio he's a regular on wbai he's going to join me as well um, the following week and and we're going to talk about some of these numbers because he's delved into it as a reporter you know he can you know pull up a lot of information that um that you know i probably could if i knew how but but this is what he does as an investigative journalist so i just want to throw those those out there just to you know kind of whet somebody's you know appetite for for what we're talking about here all right <clears throat> so let me get let me get into it you know one of the the reasons that i wanted to talk about this stuff today now first off obviously COVID-19 can dominate every conversation. And even that kind of works its way into this conversation. But I had a conversation with, with somebody, it was either today or yesterday, and I, and I was talking about how when Columbus's men, you know, made it to the Caribbean and uh, and they went about the, the murder, the savage, uh, you know, the Holocaust that they brought to the uh, to the native people, um, some of what they did, and was done in a religious theme. So when they murdered people, when they they would actually crucify native people. So they they build a cross and, they, and they'd nail them to nail them to a cross, and then they would burn them on the cross. Now, there's no reason to do this within, you know, there's no sacrament, you know, under the Catholic Church to burn people at stake. But they would do it. And, and in fact, some of the religious leaders, Bartolome de las Casas and, and others who were witnessed some of this stuff, were, they wrote in their journals and they were appalled by it. But that's, this is what these Spanish conquistadors or whatever, the people loyal to the, to the Spanish crown were doing. They would actually tr- name them to the extent they could remember who the, the 12 apostles were, they would give these native people an apostle's name, and then the, whoever might have been more of a leader, they would, they would prop them up as, as Jesus himself, and they would burn them on a, Christ, on a cross. So the, the question was, and I, when I came in to do the show, I said, yeah, I want to talk about the mockery, the, making a mockery of religion. And so, you know, Jake and I were talking about earlier, and the question is, was that mocking the religion, or was that actually imitating the religion not in a, in a in, as a form of mockery but but is that what is that what christianity was or is 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 the perpetration of these kinds of acts is that part of the religion now i know and, and i've had many conversations with people who are christians uh some of them who are devoted christians who say look all of those things those terrible things that have been done in the name of christianity those weren't christians and i'm thinking okay maybe Maybe they weren't, but maybe you're the one that's duped. And, and when I look at Native people, for instance, <clears throat> when I, and, or, or black people, when I think about what, what has been done to Native people and to, um, uh, and to black people in terms of you know, slavery and, 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 and all of this stuff, how is it that we, we turn around and we embrace the very religion that was used as the rationale for enslaving or for murdering, or for um, you know stealing land, or, or you know, and, and then there's all the other things that are done by these so-called pious men, right? <clears throat> these people who were out discovering new worlds for to spread Christendom. 
then why did why did it begin with the spreading of venereal disease? You know, so when when we talk about, and I'm going to get move all the way up into the clergy sex abuse stuff, but <clears throat> but right from the beginning, you, you you had this mix of rape, the rape culture that came from from these Christian nations of Europe, and it's not like it's not like the 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 um so-called religious figures these bishops or whatever that that made it to south america and the caribbean and you know to the new world or whatever else they they weren't exactly you know holding anybody back and in fact you know some of what took place even uh with hunapara sarah going out to uh california territory the the western coast of uh western part of uh, um, Turtle Island. <clears throat> Some of the crimes committed by him and his men, because this was always done with men. It's it's kind of like the man camps, men who are away from their families, so they could do things to women and children that <clears throat> that you would think a civilized society would be opposed to. So either I mean you, there is this debate, and and I'm even you know wrestling with it myself. What is Christianity? Is is it the altruistic belief and all the things that the Christians want to you know, cling to as as the good versus the evil? Or did religion create the good and evil construct in the first place, which I think is probably true? And to create the the good and evil construct, you had to have good and evil even within the church. So I mean, I start from this place, you know, and again, I always mention and I'm a big um uh, advocate of watching this film, Even the Rain. Even the Rain was was a good example of um, the way they depicted what Columbus and his men had done to the native people. And you, you know, look, and you know, my good friends uh, Sheldon Wolfchild and Stephen Newcomb, when they when they did the Doctrine of Discovery film, uh, Newcomb had uh, um, uh, um, a I can't think of his first name, but Rivera was uh, was one of the authors he had on, um, uh, on 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 an interview, and and they talked about the fact that they did these religious sacraments. Uh, you know, of course, you know they put the flag in the ground and they declared that it was for, you know, for, you know for the the Spanish crown or whatever else, and and they say they baptized the land, but then you realize those people weren't pious, they weren't religious, they weren't of a religious order. And in fact, the crimes that they committed against the, those people was either, again, it's either a mockery of, of the so-called good that the church is supposed to represent, or it's not. Or it's really what, I mean, and, and what, what the, what's, was talked about in, in the Doctrine of Discovery film was, was when the Christian nations of Europe realized, look, there were other ways to convert people other than just trying to preach to them. You know, other than trying to teach them about the Bible, you could do it with a sword, and you could do it by with murder. You could do it with disease, and so that's became part of the idea of spreading Christianity. So there's a part of me that that is that wrestles with this whole notion that Native people and Black people um, are among the more, you know, certainly are among the most the more religious people. I mean, especially when you look into what is called Latin America or whatever else. Because most of the brown people uh, who who live through Central and South America are are indigenous people who have had their culture stripped away from. Them. They speak Spanish. Or, you know, many of them speak Spanish, and and many of them are Catholics. In spite of what Catholicism was, how it was used to oppress them and and murder them even. But you know, it 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 isn't just about colonization. 
I'm considered the, the, the Ku Klux Klan. And, and the vicious and the, and, and the murderous things they did to, to, to blacks and Jews and, uh, and, and, uh, and others, native people. Yeah, we, we battled the, the KKK too. Talk, you can talk about the Tuscarora down in, uh, um, in, in, uh, the Carolinas and how they, they pushed out and how, how they fought back against the KKK. Cause as far as the KKK was concerned, native people and black people were the same. And, I don't even have a problem having that that uh, analogy made, but it was the Tuscarora who who fought back against the KK and pushed them out of uh, you know out of out of the region. So, I mean, think about what the KKK does and the symbolism. You know, their 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 white white power, their white supremacy symbol. It's a cross. They connect, even though Jesus wasn't even white. They connect the whole idea of white supremacy with Christianity. They burned crosses on people's yards. They they burned up uh, uh, businesses and homes and murdered people, lynched people, and they, and they did it in the name of their of their religion. Now again, we can argue that those people were evil, and that somehow the the devil had made it into the it, it, within the ranks of the church, or not. I mean, and so I don't know who are are the the. Um, the good Christians, the, the altruistic believers, are they the ones that are duped? Or is the ones who are committing these crimes, are, have they lost their way? I don't know. All I know is that there's a lot of stuff that has been done in the name of, uh, in the name of religion. Terrible crimes against humanity. Residential schools. There you go, residential schools. Think about the crimes that were committed. Both, both deviant sex crimes, the torture you know the 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 abuse and look i know i i know people who've gone to catholic schools and said yes those those nuns were all sadistic well how does that fit in how does this idea of of these people who claim to be you know clergy people who claim to be of a religious order how is it they could be these 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 mean bitches beating the crap out of kids and and look kids lost their lives in these residential schools and it wasn't just Catholics. It was it was a bunch of the denominations, and they and they lost their lives through through neglect, through abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse. They also lost their lives because diseases were allowed to spread. Tuberculosis. At, at, at some point in in, um, in in the Canadian press, they were writing that that there was a fifty percent mortality rate for kids in the, in the in, in the Indian residential schools just as a result of tuber- tuberculosis. They knew how to quarantine back then. So when I look back at the at at, the, at how disease and again starting initially with venereal disease because of the rape culture. You know, then we, you know, there's there's all the other diseases that were spread. Some of intentionally, smallpox, blankets, not a myth. I know some people are saying, you know, the smallpox can't really be spread by a blanket. Well, that's not true. I mean, again, there's always going to be somebody try to try to, to um, suggest. I mean, they, it was clearly the intent to to share disease blankets with native people. Um, Lord Jeffrey Amherst, Amherst, New York is named after him. Amherst, Massachusetts is named after him. So there again, these were the, the these religious, pious men. And, and of course, we won't even get into how much women had have been abused in the name of uh, in the name of the church 
or oppressed in the name of the church. I mean, it's real easy for people to say, oh, look at how those Muslim people treat their women. What the hell do you think Christians were doing, Christian men were doing to their women? Being married was like, uh, was you became a personal property of a man under the church. And, and of course, you had this whole, you know, culture around it. You know, look, you don't have to talk about the, the, the stranger religions like Seventh-day Adventist or Mormonism or, or any of that. Look, this was right across the board with all of them. And again, what Native kids experience in residential schools, those are crimes. That wasn't just policy, bad policy. It was criminal. There were, there were, there were children that were raped and murdered. There were children that died from ne- neglect, malnutrition, you know, um, refusal, uh, refusing health care. And of course, there was the kids who died, like like uh, Tanny Winjack, died trying to leave, died you know of exposure on the on the railroad tracks as a twelve year old boy. These are crimes committed by the church, in the name of the church. All right, the uh, uh, clergy sex abuse. How the hell does that? I mean, there's no place in the Bible that advocates that. Yet the entire system of, of, of church, from, you know, from the, the, the Catholics, from, from the local churches all the way up to the Vatican, have covered this thing up. They've all made a mockery of everything they claim to represent with what they, how they handled this. And, and it's not just the Catholics. The Baptists are going through the same thing. How is the raping of little boys and girls... How by the clergy themselves, and of course there was also nuns that were raped. All of this stuff is going on now. You know we can get into the debate on how what was consensual and what wasn't. I don't know when you when you have this this idea of this these religious cultures that are of submission, cultures of submission. I don't know how you say anything. I mean, look if if you if you have sex with with a slave. Somebody who you enslaved, somebody who you claim to own, that person doesn't consent. That's not consensual sex. If 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 you claim, if you believe you own that person, because you've enslaved them. Thomas Jefferson raped Sally Hemings. Yeah, it's called rape. She didn't have any any choice in the matter. All right, hey, we're at the, we're at the bottom of the hour, so we'll, we'll take a break and I'll come back. And uh, I got a few other things to talk. I, I want to push on this a little bit harder. I know I'm. <laughs> I know I've got to have have some people going nuts here because there are native people who are deeply religious and deeply committed to uh, to some of this stuff. But I, I want to go a little farther with it, and we'll do that when we come back. This is John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. All right, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. Hey, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses for supporting the program, uh, the folks at Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply, and uh, and others who, who help 
when they can and uh and and i appreciate that uh you know some are just individuals who listen to the show listen to the podcast or they listen to the show the show in new york um others are, are businesses that you know when when things are going well they they support the program and i greatly appreciate it. that's how we do what we do here and look we do three shows a week we do two let's talk native shows and i do a two-hour show um that broadcasts in new york city and we do it here from the studio and we do it um uh we do it be you know because we have uh, sponsors and you know we couldn't we wouldn't be able to do it without you put it that way we, we do it because we we want to have these conversations but uh we can't do it without the support that we have from uh, uh you know from a, a few businesses and a few listeners and uh and i i greatly appreciate um i cre- i appreciate the support um look i'm also uh i also want to thank the folks who, who share the program whether you uh share the the facebook live stream um before while it's live or after the fact whether you share the podcast or the youtube videos uh i appreciate it all and look and i also look forward to to reading your comments and um and in going back and forth yeah you know there, there's a few people that i mix it up with you know some can be a little bit you know <laughs> antagonistic i guess but most of the listeners they either want more information or they want to know where some of the info comes from and so that's that's where we uh where we go with it look on the subject that that i've been talking about i also get troubled when when religious leaders or people who claim to be leaders within the religious community um try to take the lead on on certain things while failing to recognize again you know look if you're a civil rights leader look even martin luther king if you're a civil rights leader and yet you're you're you know an ordained minister how do you not address the church's role in any of this stuff I mean, I mean, you can get into what what is and isn't a good Christian, and and that's where some of the stuff gets. It. I, mean, I mean, Mark Charles, the guy who's trying to you know um, maintain a campaign for presidency, um, he he's, he was literally trying to use the doctrine of Christian discovery as some vehicle to either claim that um, the Christians who were involved in the doctrine of Christian discovery were not real Christians. I don't know if they're suge- suggesting that somehow Satan worked into that thing. But look, what the churches had done in utilizing this idea of looking at Native people as somehow subhuman, I mean, the, the answer to, to, to that, you know, uh, centuries of that treatment isn't to say, oh, we should, we should just become part of them now, we the people. I mean, the, the argument, the reason for, for exposing the doctrine of Christian discovery is not so we can become a part of the Christian family. It's to assert our right that we don't have to. And it's to assert that that what they did in the name of Christianity was wrong. That doesn't mean, okay, once we, once we make that statement, now we can become good Christians? I mean, I'm, I'm troubled by, you know, some of the, uh, these people who get out there and, and in the name of their faith, will advocate an issue whether you know look whether it's you know the controversial issues like gay marriage or or, or abortion which is which is a, a you know a crazy conversation to have in the, in the name of in the name of you know church beliefs i guess but but even you know even the christian right and, and the role they their the place they uh take with with capitalism and the exploitation of the of the planet you know, look, I realize if you go through the Bible, you can find a verse that'll support 
any kind of heinous behavior you want. That's what the, uh, what, what do they call that? The, the, what was that Baptist church there? The one uh, with the Phelps there, the guys who used to show. Westboro. Oh, Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, the daughter who has now written a book about this. She said, look, you, her father could find chapter and verse to support every ridiculous belief that they, this group had. And it's true. You can go through that Bible. You, you can find everything that can justify killing people. You can justify hating, you know, Jews, hating gays, hating blacks, hating browns, hating whatever. You, you can justify, you can find any place in there to, to support uh, hating people. Uh, Deuteronomy, I mean, is, is, you know, Deuteronomy 7 is a perfect example of the Old Testament where it, it talks about how you, you, you have to destroy that culture, destroy their altars, destroy anybody else's belief system. And of course, a lot of this stuff is based on who the chosen people are. I know other cultures do it too. I mean, look, all three of the so-called religions of Abraham, you know, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, they both have some real foundational problems, or all three of them, I should say. But Christianity is the one that dominates the landscape here. And, and, and I'll, you know, I'm oftentimes beside myself trying to understand why, and I'm not saying that if you're black that the only way to oppose Christianity is to become a Muslim. I'm not, I'm not even su- suggesting that. But I'll, I'll tell you, I find myself more aligned with the with the the words of somebody like Malcolm X than I than I do with Martin Luther King. I'm sorry, the, the whole idea, you know, I, you know, the, the dream speech. I mean, he. If you ever listen or read that whole, I ha, you know, I have a dream. He 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 condemns a country for not living up to its creed. When they wrote that, that all men were created equal. They didn't mean all people. <laughs> they meant all white men were created equal. They lived up to that creed. I argue that you know that, that the Constitution and the Bible, they do exactly what they're intended to do. Oppress people. And don't tell me that you know, uh, you know that the Bible is being taken out of context. I, I'm sure it is. But I'm not sure who's taking it out of context. Maybe the you know the those altruistic believers in the in the faith maybe they're taking the stuff out of context i don't know i guess it depends on how much old testament how much new testament somebody once told me the new testament was supposed to replace the old testament so you have to disregard all the wrathful god stuff all the hate and all the killing and all the plagues and all that you got to dismiss all this because now you only have to (laughs) now it's only the new testament well Man, we've we've experienced that in native territory. I've had people say the same thing about Gariwio and um and and the great law. I don't you know, look. All I all I know is that there has been some of the worst crimes in the history of man have been done in the name of uh, in the name of religion. And Christianity was a main part of all of it. So whether you're talking about the the blood feuds between the the Irish and the British, or the Scottish, <laughs> or whether you talk about um, you know what the crimes that were committed against the Jews or against Native people, but even the, you know dropping atomic bombs and that kind of stuff. There's you know this idea that there's some sort of religious um, ordaining of of any of this activity, killing in the name of God. Righteous killing. It's it's a crazy world, you know. And, and so, 
and again, even to, to bring it bring it around, I guess, many of the people you saw protesting, and and think about, you know, I've said this, I've said this on the last show. It's crazy that this this whole idea of locking things down and and you know uh, social distancing and stay at home orders, nothing is that strictly or nobody's been arrested for leaving their home. I don't know, and I don't think anybody's been arrested for violating a curfew. At least not to my knowledge, anyway. And uh, trust me, the ones that will be, there'll be people of color. <laughs> but this has only been going on for a month. A month of staying home with your family has made some of these white people lose their freaking minds. You know, and of course they'll say, well, yeah, but I can't even go to church. Like, yeah, like you were, most of you weren't going to church anyway. Now that you can't, you'll already say, oh, yeah, but it was Easter. That was the one day a year that I go to church. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's, some of this stuff is, is bizarre. And so when I, when I see some of these, this, this, this evangelical right, again, spewing hate and conspiracies and, you know, you know, that this is all about taking something away from them. Man, you've been asked to stay home for, uh, you know, for a few weeks. Yeah, I guess this is like when, when you go on vacation and you can't wait to go back to work because you couldn't stand spending two weeks with your family. <laughs> this is worth because people had to spend four weeks or five weeks with their family, and people are going this crazy over it. It's 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 pretty it's pretty remarkable. All right, I, I'm going to shift gears once again. One of the things that um, that hit the news um, is. Do you remember when Donald Trump was trying to suggest that they had this new miracle uh, miracle cure that was going to uh, be the game changer, as he called it? It was hydroxychloroquine uh, used in combination with azithromycin. One of them was a malaria drug, and one of them was a powerful uh, antibiotic. And you know there was some anecdotal evidence, I guess, although the word evidence might be overused here, suggesting that it had some success in helping some people. Well, the National Institute of Health has now um, come out strongly against using this combination of drugs. This, it, it causes heart attacks. Now, it doesn't mean if you take it, you're going to have a heart attack. It just means that it not only is it one of the side effects, but it's an increased side effect. And, and there's been case after case after case. It is. It doesn't show any real promise in terms of um uh you know curing somebody of uh of covid-19 but the side effects um uh, have been they've been causing you know deaths so um trump's be- i mean he literally was telling people what do you got to lose take it just take it i take it he goes you know if i i take it he goes well, of course you got to ask your doctors but then he says but, but then he goes and he doubles down on it over and over again now he hasn't talked about it at all for the last week and a half last week anyway well now it's kind of come out in the news that look it's it's it isn't the game changer it was a game changer a few people because a few people got killed taking this stuff but it is not a game changer in terms of uh, a cure for for covid-19 and um and even you know last week there was all the buzz because um some of uh, one of these pharmaceutical companies um uh has a medication that was showing promise uh, it was an intravenous medication it was uh, called uh, um rem- remdesivir and it actually the stock market jumped up like 600 points because uh, because there was an initial report not a clinical trial 
and that's the crazy part. They they start promoting these these medications before they've ever even tested them. You can't do a clinical trial if you don't have, if you don't don't do it blind. You've got to do you've got to test an equal amount of people who take the drug and, and an equal amount that don't take the drug. None of them knowing who's who's got it, and who doesn't, and then you've got to see that. that's called a double blind test. If you don't do it in that way. You have no idea. You, I mean, look, some people may recover because they were going to recover anyway. Not everybody dies of COVID-19. So in order to do a testing, you've got to do it in a way that you can really extrapolate you know, information from it. So this medication, the uh, National Institute of Health is, is not recommending this one either. Now, look, they're still doing trials, and maybe it does show some problems. But, it, but again, they're, they're being real clear. This is not a game changer. This is not a drug that's ever going to be widely available for for the you know the mass population or certainly even the those uh, all those people on vent, on ventilators. It's 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 not that available, and it's it, it, and it's an intravenous drug, so it's not something that you're going to you know use uh, on just anybody. So so again, uh, the, uh, hate to bust anybody's bubble, but you know all the stuff that, that you know that Trump you know tries to distract you with 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 like cures and you know uh, all these you know the smoke and mirrors look even even some of the testing they're finding increasing problems with with reliable antibody testing and you know why because they lowered the standards for for what those tests you know the the, the standards that those tests have to meet so now you got companies all over the world especially in china I think I'm not picking on China, but you know, people know there's a lot of money to be made if you can come up with these tests. So, so, and and they dropped the bar on, on terms of how accurate the tests have to be and and what the testing has to be for the test. So now there's there's tests on the market. People are buying them and using them, and they're not reliable. I'll tell you another test is not reliable. <laughs> the uh, it turns out that the the tests that they use for um, uh, testing for the coronavirus, the the one that they can get an answer back in 15 minutes, it's only about 85% reliable. It's got like over 15% false negatives. Well, I got to tell you, if, if you're going to use these tests to determine whether a healthcare worker can treat old people in a nursing home and 15% of, and you have 15% false negatives, then you didn't, then you're not screening people accurately enough to, to protect the elderly in these nursing homes. So, look, you know, while Trump will stand up every single day and talk about how he has managed this crisis perfectly, that's one of his favorite words, perfect, and that he is the envy and that the United States is the envy of the world because of his leadership, no, it's not. It's not the envy of the world. Most people cannot believe a country like the United States has been devastated by this pandemic. It, I would think that most countries of the world thought the United States would have a level of preparedness that would have been able to, to keep them from. I mean, China hasn't had the problems that, uh, that the United States has. China's got, you know, 1.5 billion people. But the United States leads in every category you don't want to lead in. Uh, you know, two and a half million people infected with the, uh, have been infected with the disease. Some of them have recovered. I mean the, the 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 amount of people that have died is you know over over seventy thousand people have died uh, throughout throughout the world, but in the United States, eight hundred thousand eight hundred thousand people infected and forty five thousand dead. 
I don't think that makes the United States the envy of the world. So I just wanted to you know, give a little bit more information on, on this stuff because, look, we're, we're fed a lot of false information. And, you know, and this idea, I mean, when, when Trump was first talking about it, he, was, he couldn't understand <clears throat> that a vaccine couldn't be ready in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. I mean, that's how clueless this guy was or is. And so any little thing that he can hang on to try to distract, you know, people from from the reality of what's going on with this thing. And I know, I know, there's a lot of people out there who think that uh, this whole thing is a hoax, and that's why so many people are out there, you know, with, with these protests and that kind of stuff. But you know, look, I know a lot of Native people think it's all a hoax too. But there, I mean, look, it's gotten to the point where you probably know somebody who's gotten this disease, and before this is all done, you're going to know somebody who died. I mean, and that's just that's just the reality. It's just too many people. I mean, forty five thousand people in in two months, essentially in two months in the United States. I mean, so all those people who want to claim these big numbers of, of people who die with the flu, and and let's keep in mind, all those numbers that people associate with with dying of the flu in last year, or the year before, or the year before, or the year before, the rigid testing to determine whether they they were um, tested for the flu or whether a doctor treated them for the flu and they perished, then then the cause of death goes down as the flu or the, or, or the flu is con- considered one of the one of the underlying causes of, of the death. But right now, the all, almost almost all the people who are on of that 45,000 dead in the United States are only from those who were tested. It's only recently started adding other people. So when you go, nobody has done, like I said, a complete overlay of how many deaths in the United States there's been in the last two months, laying that over the same time period last year. That, to me, is going to be a more accurate uh, description of of people who either died from the disease or, look, there's there's direct and indirect ways of dying from this disease. And I I say this, there's probably a lot of people who just refuse to go to the hospital out of fear, out of fear that that's where the disease is, or out of the fear that has been conjured up because people have said, "Oh, we're, we're having such a run at the hospitals that you know it's a, you know it's all chaos." You know, and uh, look, and I'm not saying this to, to condemn healthcare workers. I, that has to be the, the the least envious job, you know, in in, in the in the entire world right now. When I when I hear that what doctors and uh, and uh, and nurses and EMTs are going through, I mean, it, the rest of us can't even imagine what that's got to be like. But to to downplay this thing and to and to say that it's it's false, or that oh I'm not going to wear a mask. Well, if you don't wear a mask. I sure hope you don't go uh, near anybody who's who's vulnerable after after you've exposed yourself. I you know I, that's that's really all I can say, because there is no cure. The only treatment is doing whatever they can do to keep you alive until your own immune system can beat it, or or it doesn't. You know, and, and again, I I said this. You know, I, I asked this question early on in this in in this discussion on these issues. I wondered. What's the survival rate 
once you get put on a ventilator. And, and Cuomo has mentioned this many, multiple times over the last several weeks. By the time you need to be put on a ventilator, you've only got a 20% chance of survival. Now, look, I'm not trying to scare anybody who's, whose loved ones are on a ventilator. 20% is still, uh, is still something to hope, to give you hope. But this is not, there is no great treatment for this. You know, the, the greatest treatment is just what your body can do to fight it. You know, and then, and, and if you think that, that the only hope you have relies in your faith, and that the only way you can practice that faith is to is to gather in group worship or to stand side by side with people in these protests because they're part of your evangelical group or cult or whatever you want to call it. Man, just spend some time with your families and and do the things that are smart. Look, many people are going to get this are, are going to get these infected by this no matter what. But the, the more you can slow the spread down, the more you have people around you who can help. But if everybody's gasping for breath, if hospitals are overwhelmed, if, if everybody is fighting the same ailment, then there's nobody to help those of us who, who may be battling it. So um, that's, that's why I, I, I get the whole idea of flattening the curve. But what you have to realize is by slowing the spread, you're also prolonging the whole cycle of, of infection. Not individually, but as it goes through the population. And like I said earlier in the show, the floodwaters have not gone down yet. It, it, the flood of this disease is still riding its peak. It may have crested. But when you reach the crest of that flood, is not the time to, to hail that it's over. You're still underwater. There's a lot of there's a long way to go before this thing drops down in terms of number of cases and number of deaths. Today, again, today was the, was broke a record, the highest number of deaths in a single day today in the United States. Twenty eight hundred people. So don't tell me this thing is over. And don't tell me that this thing is going to only take 60,000 lives. We'll, we'll talk about that next Tuesday. Because unless something dramatically changes in the next few days, look, today was, was almost a 3,000 uh, death day. At 2,000 a day, they'd re they'll reach uh, 60,000 by, by next week. Now, the 100,000... That might be a hopeful goal, but I don't know how they can keep it under keep it to one hundred thousand. I don't think two hundred thousand might be uh, maybe realistic. Fauci and Burke should have should have upped their estimate, not lowered it. See, this is the problem when science starts being manipulated and the evidence starts being manipulated, so you can make the case you want to make, rather than taking the information and saying this is where the science is leading me. Look, this is, it's kind of the difference between law and science, right? <laughs> law says, I'm going to make grab every piece of evidence I can that's going to prove my case, you know, whether somebody's guilty or innocent. 
There's nobody who says, well, let's, let's gather all the information and just figure out what, what, what the evidence says. No, you've got people hiding evidence and manipulating evidence and, and trying to make their case. Well, that science has turned out to be the same thing. It's not supposed to be that way. The way it's supposed to be is you gather the evidence and you let the evidence take you, takes you to a conclusion. You don't have a conclusion. I want to get people back to work, so let's get all the evidence that's going to allow me to put people back to work. No, that's not the way science works. I mean, it's absurd what I'm seeing being done at every level, and even the people that are being considered reliable. Cuomo, Fauci, and Burks? No, I'm sorry. I, I see even these people who are people are saying are reliable compared to Trump. Look, compared to Trump, a toddler's more reliable in dealing with this issue. So that's a pretty low standard. We have to, we better, we all have to think critically here. And, and look, I know I've had people say, well, you're no expert to be talking about this stuff. Well, I, I can read three lines on a graph as, as well as anybody. So that's not, that that's not, you know, tough, that's not tough science. And if you look at the numbers that, that are being produced every single day, I, I just for the life of me can't figure out how anybody could have said, look, we're going to come off of that 100,000 to 200,000 uh, dead and uh, we're going to lower it down to 60,000. Well, you could say that, but that doesn't mean, just because you said it doesn't mean it's going to be true. Like I said, 60,000 we reach before we, we come back here next Tuesday. Hey, look, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, again, I've got a good show uh, coming up on Thursday. If you want to know what it's like being, you know, in the thick of this thing, I mean, uh, and all of the, the the emotional battle from from somebody who I consider a friend of mine, who who went into this quote unquote war zone, and I, I don't even know if I like that analogy, but went into this into this crisis zone. Still having not even totally been been able to 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 cope and, and mourn the loss of her husband, so I've got Kat Carnes joining me um, this Thursday on uh, Let's Talk um, with with Regan and, and Reggie. So um, please uh, tune us in, check us out. Even if you, if you can't watch it or watch it or hear it live, uh, look for uh, Let's Talk with John Kane. Uh, that's my WBI show in New York City. I'll look for that this Thursday or or anytime after that, and uh, tell me what you think. I'd like to hear what your your comments are. So, again, I want to thank you for listening. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.